Hi, I'm Jane Chadwick, and I've learned so much over uh, the last few weeks recording these episodes. I've learned that beetroot is an ingredient in a cake. I've learned some few a few chords on the ukulele, and I will learn more. Um, and I've also learned not to be afraid of being wrong. And I'm Shane Bergen, and I think I've learned an awful lot too in the last couple of weeks uh, from chatting to you and all the various teachers and learners. I now have nothing to hide behind uh, when it comes to me saying I'm not sporty and that I don't do language. I I almost wear it as a badge of honour actually being bad at uh, speaking Irish and I go crazy when people say that they can't do maths because they're not mathsy and over this series I've learned that yeah I can't hide behind that anymore. I have to embrace the growth mindset that I talk about and I'm going to try afresh with things that are maybe uh, traditionally challenging for me. You're going to practice what you preach? Yeah. Cool. So this is uh, the last episode of 101 and it's a show, as you know, about the way we learn. And over the last 10 episodes, the last nine episodes, this is our 10th, we've looked at people learning things like coding, cooking, uh, drumming. uh, We've looked at design. We've looked at a whole range of things. uh, And I think it's just the tip of the iceberg as to possible things that people could learn. And we've used each of those experiences to talk about um, how people learn. Uh, We've looked at really big ideas in education and we've shown you how, or we hope that you've picked up on the ideas that um, in education that stem from philosophy, from psychology, from science and lots of other areas in between. And in this episode, the person who's uh, kind of tackling that scary learning uh, environment is Diane McSweeney. Um, she's somebody with a background in communication and she's currently working in Trinity College in Dublin, um, helping young people access third level education, which is, is fantastic. And she's learning to swim from Jennifer Murren, who is a scientist as well. Um, but she also is a competitive swimmer. She does a lot of open sea swimming. She's a former lifeguard. Um, so she's really an expert um, to, to help Diane go through this, this slightly scary process. And as well as that, we'll We'll also hear from Kevin Mitchell. Uh, neuro- he's a neuroscientist. neuroscientist. He's a geneticist, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, that's why I was like reaching. I was like, he's talking. He's about- a brain guy. He's <laughs> <laughs> brain guy. <laughs> actually, we're both right. He's a yeah. neurogeneticist. He just looked it up. That's what he calls himself on his. <laughs> we know him as Kevin. Kevin the Brain Man. <laughs> Um, So Kevin is going to give us a little bit of of um, background into what's going on under the hood when you're learning something. So we wrapped our microphones in protective clothing and we headed off to the UCD swimming pool. Hi, I'm Jennifer Murren and I'm here today to teach Diane for her first ever swimming lesson. So um, a bit about myself, I'm from Donegal and I grew up swimming in the sea and then I moved on and I became a beach lifeguard and just loved swimming, um, especially in the sea but loved the pool as well. And I'm a part of the Leinster Open Sea Swimming at the moment and we also train in the pool as well here in UCD and it's Dublin Swimming Club that I'm a member of. My name is Diane McSweeney and I work with the Trinity Access Programme. So my whole job is to try and get kids to consider things that they wouldn't consider and like I wouldn't consider swimming. (laughs) So I'm like kind of stepping out of my comfort zone but I'm going to try and practice what I preach to them about getting them to consider going to Trinity College when they might not feel the most comfortable doing that. Yeah, so I just, I never learned how to swim. I didn't really like the water and uh, I'm going to try and just get over that today. 
Today we're just going to get comfortable in the water because the most brilliant swimmers in the world are relaxed in the water and that's the most important thing and to, be, and to get your brain and your muscles used to the next time you get into the pool it won't be such a shock. Um, have you taught anyone how to swim before? <laughs> yeah, I've taught a, lots of people how to swim before and at the moment my current uh, pupils are my son and daughter and they're only wee so it's, it's easier. Adults have a more rational view of it all so it can be a little bit trickier where kids just jump in and they mm. don't even think about the consequences. Have you ever come into a swimming pool before and maybe tried yourself to get comfortable in the water? No, I've gone into like some pools before. So my boyfriend can swim and he really likes to swim. Uh -huh. But um and we like the the baths in Budapest like that would be the most comfortable I can be like walking around in water. Yes. Um because I'm like, oh I don't know how to swim so having a go myself will end up really badly but um no like I'm kind of getting to that stage now where I'm like I definitely want my if I have kids I want yeah. my kids to be able to swim and I want to be able to be in the water with them and, and when you're comfortable <laughs> they'll be comfortable exactly yeah. yeah yeah and I don't want them to be like a 26 year old who doesn't know how to swim yeah. <laughs> and have you any fear of being in the water is there anything that you're worried about right now before we get into the, the shallow end no my fear of water is that I'll drown no, <laughs> but I know I'm not going to do no, that you today. Won't. There's no. still like a little like fear because yes, it's like because it's the unknown. Yeah, yeah, um, and like just that feeling of like some like that makes me feel a little bit sweaty. But I know that that's an irrational fear because there's lifeguards and there's you, yes. and it's like like sea swimming would be a no go. Okay, so the best way to get into any pool is to down the ladder. Okay, and to approach the ladder and turn right and climb it down like a, any ladder. Perfect. and just ease yourself into the water because it can feel a bit cold to begin with mm -hmm. and then just stand in, in the pool okay and i'll be in there before okay. you okay so you just copy me okay so the steps are kind of built into the wall okay so if you just feel with your feet as you're getting in i did think jenny was magical there <laughs> uh, and it's just up to your chest okay so just take your time it's actually nice and warm so how do you feel uh, yeah, like even I'm like holding on to yeah, the thing. Yeah, even that's fine yeah. to hold on to the side. Okay. And just move, you know, just kind of move your feet and move your hands and just breathe mm. and just relax. And don't worry about anything. Okay. Because I'm right here beside yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. The first thing now that I would do with you is mm. just if you hold on to the side of the pool mm -hmm. and even just raise your um, heels off the floor mm -hmm. and let your toes lift off the bottom. Yeah. And just, just, just a bob. So just relax and you can do whatever you want with the other hand that's not holding. You can yeah. kind of like ballet. Yeah, yeah. Like, like ballet, yeah, yeah. water ballet, yeah. <laughs> and just to get to get comfortable in the yeah. water. And not to be worried about it. Yeah. And just bob around, that'll get you a little bit warmer. And if you feel comfortable mm -hmm. to let go of the side of the pool. Yeah. And just feel the water with your hands because the best swimmers in the world, it's all about how the water feels yeah. and how they're they're moving the water in order to swim. So it's all about getting a feel of the water yeah. and it's all about teaching yourself that all you need to do is breathe mm -hmm. and relax okay. and everything else will come really, really easy after that. So it's about having confidence in yourself. Okay. Oh okay. no! <laughs> <laughs> so do you want to um, pop on, no we won't do goggles yet, we'll, okay. do, we'll bob again and you can hold my hand. You can hold the side of the pool and you're going to bob until your chin hits the water surface. Okay. And put out your arms so you can feel the water. Yeah. 
and if you know if you push down with your arms your body rises back up again easier and also your legs your knees are making you stand up straight again mm -hmm. so if you were swimming you would breathe in when you're up you would hold <laughs> yeah. and when your chin hits the water you would release out okay okay so take your breath when you're up hold it and then when you touch the water breathe out okay and then when you're feeling more comfortable mm -hmm. put your lips to the surface of the water and do your breathe out and you can make bubbles you can do what you want okay so you take a breath hold it and then go so if you if you do that a few times so it's just training your brain mm. that when i hit the water i'm going to breathe out yeah and when my face comes out of the water that's when i breathe because that's like the right way to do but yeah my brain is telling me like try and get as much air as you can when you're going close to the water right okay um, so I'm just trying to like get yeah, it so, to so when you're do the right thing yeah so yeah. when you're at the top of your bob take the breath I'm like perfect mm. so that's brilliant <laughs> and when you hit the water release the water yeah okay yeah yeah okay do you yeah. want to have a little look at your feet so you're going to breathe out always breathe out once your mouth hits the water okay and take a few little bubbles and look at your feet you can hold my hand if you like yeah okay <laughs> So you're going to just look at my feet or your feet or my mm -hmm. hand, which is under the water. Okay. So you're going to take your breath, a little bob, and then breathe out and tip your head back up again. Okay. Okay? Two, three. I don't think so. I did, yeah. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> so that's, that's all you needed to do. Okay. Okay? So if you want to try again and just have another little look, because the more you do it, the more your, your brain's like, oh, sure, this is awesome. Yeah. So it's all about memory. Yeah tricking your body into saying that oh I'm a hero all the time yeah and then the next time you come into the pool to put your face in the water will be nothing okay because it's already locked in there that it's okay yeah it's safe to do and nothing's gonna happen to yeah you. Okay? it's so weird that it's like a fear when like there's nothing to point towards no. it being a fear exactly yeah. but it's just all up in your head so if you get rid of the negative mm -hmm. and take in all this because everything you've done right now has been um, effortless Mm -hmm. So take a little bob and just gradually, and once your chin hits like last time, mm -hmm. release out your air, okay. nice and relaxed. Yeah. There's plenty of time to let it all out, okay? okay. So if we take our breath. Excellent. That's nice. Yeah. <laughs> and it's really nice. Yeah. <laughs> so what we're going to do now is what I would do um, with everyone. It's, it might not be the norm but it's how I get people really relaxed in the water. So I'm going to support you while you're lying back as if you're lying in bed. And the trick is, when you put your head back and relax as if you're lying down into your pillow, your feet will automatically bob up in the water and you'll float. Okay. And as long as you're breathing, you're going to float. Okay. And I'm here to support you as well. Okay. okay? Yeah. So okay. if you lie your head back, and I'm just going to put my arm on the, your, the, the bottom of your back, mm -hmm. just above your bum, and you're going to look up at the ceiling, mm -hmm. okay? And yeah, you can hold on there. <laughs> okay. And you can put your legs a little wider. Now, how does that feel? So you're lying right back, and you're looking up at the ceiling. How does it feel? It feels okay. Does it feel okay? It feels okay. <laughs> and I'm going to move you away from the wall now a little bit, so you okay. can't hold on. But I'm not going to move. I'm going to always be holding on to you, okay? Okay. So just look up and relax, and tell me what you can see up there. Uh, Any lights? lights? Yeah. Skylight. There's some wooden beams. There's some steel beams. Okay. That's probably the first time you've ever lay back in, in in water. Yeah. So that's like something that like 
I know everyone like floats in water naturally. Do they? I don't even know. Yeah, they do for a they while. Do. Yeah, and um, depends on how they lie. But I was always like, no, I'll sink. Like, <laughs> so it was, I was just floating in water. But like, I always thought like I'd sink in water. You'd automatically sink. Oh, automatically, yeah. Like yeah. someone else, everyone else has something in them that like makes them able yeah. to do that. And like, I don't have that. No, we all have yeah. the same air. It's like a total projection onto the, like the water. Isn't like scary but like I'm like no the water is scary. like it's I'm projecting that like onto the water yes yeah I think I'm quite a like nervous individual but um but like yeah I don't know it's weird you want to be proud of yourself but then you also don't want to like pat your back for something that everyone else can do <laughs> you're like come on now but uh no I am kind of proud I want to like yeah I don't want to hold aside and I want to feel yeah. comfortable yeah when I count to three, you're going to lift your right foot off after you jump up and okay. stick it out with your left leg. Okay. Okay? Okay. And you're going to float your two legs up behind you, okay? Okay. <laughs> so lift your right leg up and join it with your... Yep. Oh, that didn't float. Part, no, <laughs> that's perfect. Okay? Okay. And keep doing that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. So keep, keep bobbing up and stick one leg out and then and the next bob, stick the other leg out. Perfect. Am I supposed to like come back then? Yeah. <laughs> your, your body will automatically come back because you're holding on to the side. Okay. Okay. Sorry. That's perfect. So that's just to get used to when you're um, when you when you will be swimming in the future, you'll be lying in the water like that, and your legs will be up behind you. So it's yeah. just to get used to your 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 brain, just to get used to that how I'm going to be when I'm swimming lengths up and down the pier in the future. Yeah. That's it. And when you kick your legs in swimming you kick from your hip okay. and then the kick goes down towards your feet okay and you keep your ankles really loose okay and your your feet kind of just break the surface of the water when you're doing a kick okay and swimming a big part of swimming in any other sport is um to suck in your belly button and use your your tummy muscles okay to stretch out your body stretch right out into your toes perfect that's great. We went to um, a group, uh, like a swimming group, when we were really, my cousins went to it, and then I joined them. But the day I joined them was the day they did diving. Um, and I kind of freaked out. But I never got into the water. They just wanted me to dive into it straight away. And I, like, I was quite like a, like a morbid kid. So as soon as I saw it, I was just like, no, I'm going to hit my head off the bottom of it, and there's going to be blood everywhere, and I'm going to then like contaminate the pool and die <laughs> like, like two things um but that was the only that was the only swimming lesson was that yeah my mom can't swim either um have you ever heard of doggy paddle i've i've heard the word yeah but, so yeah. It's, it's it's swimming while kicking your legs but instead of lifting your arms out of the water like you would see a, a swimmer doing in front crawl you're actually just stretching out in front of you okay and you're getting a feel of the water and you're pulling back just like do dog's legs don't come out of the water but i always find that the best way to learn to swim is to start with doggy paddle first because you're getting a feel of the water because you don't need to lift your arms out to swim okay, okay? so what we're going to do is the very the very first step that i would normally do and it's walking in the water okay and while you're walking you stretch your hand out in front of you to feel what you need to pull in order to swim okay. so you're stretching out and you're pulling back, and when you get to your waist, you're going to stick out your other arm. 
all about being comfortable and being relaxed and getting the feel for the water. It's the, in, the, in the first lesson you don't want to learn to swim. You, you just want to get comfortable in the water and learn the basics. Yeah, um, so if I was going to come back for another lesson, what would be the next step? The next step would be that when we're doing the starfish, as I call it, maybe you would do it by hugging or holding on to a float and that you just float there all by yourself without my help. Yeah. And to, and to stand up again after it without my help. Yeah. And then we would also maybe use um, a long tube float and put it under your arms and towards around your chest. And you can still hold on to the side of the pool, but when you are going to practice your kicking, yeah. that it would be there to support you. And you could let go of the side of the pool, but the float would still be holding your upper body up. Yeah. And you could practice kicking your legs that way. And try and move on with a bit of the doggy paddle with a float under your arm. So that you can try and take a few arm movements, a few pulls in the water yeah. to get yourself actually moving along. Yeah. And then you can also stick in the legs in the back if you want. Yeah. But that, yeah, you wouldn't you wouldn't progress greatly in the next lesson. Yeah. You would from your benefit. Like you're not going to end up swimming a width to the pool or a length of the pool, but you can see how much you have progressed yeah. in this short amount of time. So when you get into the water again, all this memory of what to do will still be there. Yeah. And you're just going to add on to it. Yeah. And then the next time you'll add on a bit more. And then in time, and a very short period of time, you'll be able to swim across the pool so it feels like um like learning how to like learn a dance or something yeah like, that step that step yeah, but, yeah that's exactly it just bit by bit i don't think i'll ever label myself a swimmer <laughs> like because like swimmers are people who swim professionally no or, no not at all i think that's just like a, a thing in my head but I'd, I'd love to be able to do it and i think it has like i know like you know it's it's like learning it's just learning things that you haven't learned before but i think for me it's like it represents like a, a feeling of like control and like way more than just that but I'd look like I think it would be like a really carefree act for me to be able to swim yeah and I want to do that and be that person yeah rather than just like I want to be Diane who can swim I want to be Diane who can like let go of control a little bit and learn how to swim yeah and be in total control of yourself yeah because you're in complete control in the pool yeah it's not the water yeah it's not these silly thoughts you, not silly but it's not the thoughts no. from say a movie or something or something you've heard yeah it's you yeah. in the moment and you're in complete control in the pool yeah and you know what to do in every situation yeah I think that would be like incredible to be like oh I fancy a swim it's so good that like you're like yeah let's get you comfortable first because like I'm not someone who gets comfortable yeah. ever because no matter how you feel you're going to feel better after being in the water yeah because you've done a little bit of exercise and you're taking nice relaxed deep breaths and you know you're floating and bobbing around and sure it's it's carefree and fun yeah so you're only going to feel better from it This is one of my favourite episodes uh, that we have made. I think we have found the perfect combination of learner and teacher. Um, mm -hmm. It's just so rich, isn't it, when you listen to it? Diane is absolutely terrified, but she has the kindest, safest teacher with her who genuinely cares about her taking a step in the right direction 
when it comes to not just swimming, but being comfortable in water. Absolutely. And she's literally at some points um, supporting Diane through this process. And I think, um, I mean, Jennifer is an amazing teacher because she's she's really, um, she's thinking ahead about what Diane's going to need to know how to do. And she's leading her step by step through this process, but always kind of very subtly encouraging her and pushing her to try a little bit more, a little bit more, but not too much um, because she Obviously, we we can pick up on it, but she's picking up on it on how scary this process is for Diane. She's genuinely, as you said, terrified of of the water. So. Yeah, she has a fear, right? And it's yeah. it's something that seems quite primal or basic with with her, as it would be for many of us about things that are very uncomfortable. For mm-hmm. me, that might be like overcoming a fear of heights or something, right? Mm-hmm. Something that I genuinely don't feel comfortable about doing, and I would. Like if if I were in a situation where I were recording like Diane and Jennifer where I'd very quickly forget about the the microphone being there and I'd just be so focused on the thing I'm afraid of. And Jennifer does such a good job at helping uh, and guiding Diane through that process. And you can hear that Diane's narrative at the start is so much about why she's afraid and trying to like almost look for justification for that fear from Jennifer. And Jennifer is listening and is never dismissive of it. But at the same time is saying, okay, and now we're going to do this and Mm -hmm. this is why we're going to do this and I want you to try it and remember I'm here beside you she literally guides her step by step into the pool and has her breathing and relaxing absolutely yeah and and you know we're talking about Jennifer as as a fantastic teacher but Diane equally is a fantastic student because she's she's kind of um, she's trusting in Jennifer to bring her through these processes and she's amazingly open for you know for taking these cues and going to to do things that she finds quite scary you know she she never once backs off a challenge she mm. she does every single thing that Jennifer asks and you can hear her kind of growing in confidence throughout the lesson you can hear her kind of that fear falling away from her a little bit and starting to kind of feel a real and totally deserved sense of pride at addressing this fear. Um, and that is that fear. It's not fearlessness, but it's it's, it's getting there. It's confidence, um, isn't it's, it? It's confidence. Yeah. yeah. It's, you know, and that is an, an integral part of, of, of learning effectively as well. You know, you have to, you have to be willing to kind of um, to make mistakes or to, to be uncomfortable Um to actually get to that point where you can you can get that achievement. Yeah, so much of this is seems to remind me of these ideas of mindset that we've spoken about in, in sure. other episodes and like uh, how good a job Jennifer does in bringing Diane out of her comfort zone into a new space and then Diane constructing this view of herself as a confident and uh, able person in mm-hmm. that new area. Um, yeah. And like, you know, we, we only hear a short clip and Diane doesn't swim, right? Diane yeah. just, get, not just, Diane gets into a pool and, and, is, floats, and yeah. floats and is there. But for that's a huge step. And, you know, had Diane literally just jumped in the deep end, mm-hmm. as, she as she did, as in as the she did. yeah, <laughs> you know, uh, and that's what happens yeah. when you stretch too far, right? Yeah. So you have that teacher of going, oh, you can handle it. It's like, no, not everyone can handle it mm-hmm. when, when you throw people in the deep end. And it's, it's not fair to think that just because you learn that way that everyone else is going to learn that way too uh, because of all the different contexts that you bring to to a situation. So Diane talks about the fact that her mom doesn't swim. And yeah. so she probably didn't go swimming when she was young. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one day somebody threw her in the deep end. Literally. Uh, yeah. yeah. And so now we <laughs> yeah. know where we get these analogies from, right? But yeah. um, these metaphors, um, that's scary, right? Yeah. Like we're, 
when we're little, we are programmed to swim. Infants swim very easy, but mm-hmm. it's not unless it's something that you practice. It gets and you, yeah, yeah, and you fo- you form these strong neural pathways in your brain, mm-hmm. uh, a muscle memory to do it. You won't be able to swim if you just jump in the deep end mm-hmm. and fear will overcome you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so Diane was very cautious of where where her line was at all times. And so was Jennifer about where Diane's line was. And I like you might think of things that you or, or I might be very confident about and go, oh, sure, it's easy. Just do it like this. Mm-hmm. You know, what's the problem? Why can't you see it too? Yeah. Like this is always something that's said of, uh, say, maths teachers when they go, I can't understand why you don't know this. And it's yeah. like, well, that's not my problem. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? No, I think you were talking about it in a, a previous episode about you learning to snowboard, right? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry to bring that up again. But no, you know, that is, is something that is a, a sign of somebody who's not used to teaching or who, who hasn't taught um, that subject before or that content before. They can't understand where the, the, the barriers are for learning. Um, and so they can't help somebody overcome them. Yeah. Um, and I think... Jennifer is the the exact opposite of that in this in this episode. But you kind of touched on something really interesting as well. Um, and it kind of harks back to the first episode that we, we put together um, with Jessamine learning to ride a bike mm. um, and Diana in this episode learning to learning to swim. These are both things, these sort of um, neural pathways, if you're using your language, that people generally put down when they're younger. And it's really interesting to hear how people approach them as an adult. And it, it's got me thinking a lot about how maybe as a as an as a an adult you'd approach these sort of things that have that kind of primal fear, you know, the the fear of being hurt or injured or whatever. And um, imagining how other people would perceive your failure, right? Absolutely, so, yeah. Like I won't do this because I look stupid. Yeah, absolutely, and it, it makes me think about how we approach things differently, and, and you know, the idea of, of learning differently, whether you're an adult or or a child, and how much of it is is. Um, is really down to the the kind of the, the workings of your brain um, versus those sort of more social, um, emotional responses that you have to learning. So, yeah, we thought it'd be a good idea to understand what's the difference between uh, an adult's brain and a child's brain. Um, and maybe could we better understand why are children more receptive to learning than adults are in certain scenarios? Kevin Mitchell, I'm Associate Professor of Genetics and Neuroscience at Trinity College Dublin. So when young brains learn, basically young brains are absolutely chock full of extra connections. So when the brain is made, it's made with a a huge excess of connections between all its neurons. And what happens as you learn something is that the patterns of um, sequences of firing of neurons that work get reinforced. So those connections get stronger. And the ones that don't work when you're trying to do something, so say I'm trying to reach for that coffee cup there, there's going to be some pattern of of firing that actually achieves that goal and some pattern that doesn't. And as babies are learning uh, how to move around the place, um, the patterns that work get reinforced and the ones that don't get weakened away and pruned away. And so literally you end up with fewer connections as the brain gets older, which is sort of the opposite of what you might expect. But that makes a much leaner, meaner machine. It's learned lots of things and it uh, becomes much more efficient at doing those skills that it has already learned. Now, the downside of that is that because it's weakened away lots of the other excess potential connections, it loses the ability, or it becomes harder anyway, to learn new skills because your sort of uh, neural real estate has already been used up somewhat. So learning motor skills is really interesting because what the when you want to execute a movement, your brain doesn't really 
lay out all of the, you know, it doesn't say contract this muscle and extend this finger and so on. You just say, I want to grab for that coffee cup. And so the brain encodes a goal and then the, the rest of the brain has to figure out what is the way I can achieve that. And through trial and error, say for learning to throw a ball, for example, you know, the first time someone throws a ball, it's terrible. It doesn't go anywhere, it doesn't go where you want and so on. But over time, you get feedback. What is the sequence of motor events that leads to the outcome that I want to achieve? And it's the same with riding a bike or uh, learning to swim or anything like that. So as, as you get more and more practice, again, those, that sequence of events uh, is mediated by the connections between subsets of, of neurons that fire together. And so you get uh, it's kind of like a musical melody almost uh, that plays out in your brain as you execute a sequence of motor um, events. So, wow, that was just so interesting because I think um, we all sort of intuitively understand that kind of old uh, adage that practice makes perfect. But it was amazing to hear from Kevin about why that is, um, you know, that you get these these kind of reinforced pathways. Um, but that only comes from trying something over and over and over again and figuring out, you know, at a very, um, at a neurological level, what's the best way to do something, whether that's swim in a pool or throw a ball or work out a maths problem. Um, that's, you know, so interesting to, to kind of hear the the actual functional way that we learn. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and also it, it kind of reminds me of what we heard in our design episode when we think of yeah. the fact that we don't just accept the first version of the way we learn something, that we continue and we must continue to challenge ourselves to see are we doing it best, yeah. right? You know, so we've spoken about uh, professional sports people deconstructing uh, their movements in order to, to, to do it better, uh, to learn better, yeah. right? You can always learn more. Yeah, um, like, and more, like that's the, the amazing thing that came through there is that the brain is just so um, efficient at, at learning. You know, it, it, your brain is constantly looking for the best way to do something, the, the, the kind of quickest, least energy intensive way to do something. Um, and that obviously can, can raise all sorts of other problems like uh, your brain kind of putting down sort of heuristics and things. You can, you can actually learn something too well. I, I heard a really interesting uh, story there recently enough about um, the training that police officers go through and how, um, you know, you have to be careful not to actually build in a pathway through training. So there was a, an instance where police officers were being trained to disarm somebody and at the end of the exercise they were handing the weapon back to the instructor and that could actually result in a real life situation a police officer handing the weapon back to somebody who they've just disarmed um, so this yeah kind of it's super important to yeah that, well that's obviously important but I'm thinking <laughs> also I'll say like viewpoints we might have held at mm -hmm. certain points in our life and then you'd question them or they'd be questioned for mm -hmm. you and you have to like think, God, was I right on that one? Mm -hmm. And you might beat yourself up looking backwards going, how did I have that view about that group or that mm -hmm. person? What was it grounded in? Mm -hmm. um, like biases is basically what I'm talking about. Yeah. These can be racism, sexism, you name it. Mm -hmm. um, isn't it amazing how we have that ability um, as a species to reflect on them and then to accept that we may change, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and education is so powerful. Like, I, I, and people, as a way to challenge those, mm -hmm. and I think of uh, people saying education is expensive. And it is, but not 
having no education is arguably more expensive, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, if society doesn't invest in in uh, those who educate and the importance of education and not just when we're young as well, um, for us to continuously challenge uh, in an appropriate way what we think we know. Mm-hmm. So what strikes me, um, Jane, as I listen to Kevin, uh, is that we've said many times during our uh, 10 episodes that no one area has a monopoly on on understanding the learning process. Yet neurogeneticists and people who work with the brain are finding out more and more things at an increasing rate. And so it doesn't it, it strikes me that perhaps within our lifetime, we may know more about the process of learning. We might finally understand what consciousness is, what the mind is. And when we do that, imagine how we'll be able to join dots between all of those other disciplines that we've mentioned. Mm-hmm. And and that strikes me as really potent and incredible mm-hmm. uh, that there's there's so much for us to do in that area. There's so many big questions that remain. And, and I would hope there's an awful lot of people out there who would want to come and think about those. Absolutely. Yeah, it's 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 a spectacular time to be kind of looking into this sort of stuff because we're able to access so much more of, you know, the, for a huge period of our history, the brain was a black box. Yeah. Um, and, and, and now it's not. Um, and we're finding out astonishing things um, so so quickly um, and I you know I want to come back to what you were talking about I, like obviously we're we're being given this amazing privilege through doing this this podcast to talk to all these amazing experts and to learn so much about how we learn and and about education and and all the wonderful fields that that pulls in but I'm also struck by the fact that we're you know we're we are very privileged um, and that um We've talked about it a few times over the the course of this podcast that not everybody gets those that access to 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 learning and to education in the same way, um, and I think that for me is is a huge it's a huge issue as as, as interesting as, as the, the the neuroscience and of how we learn is. You're but, right. Education is something that you and I have been exposed to for all of our lives, and we have reaped the benefits of it. Mm-hmm. But you're also right to say that we're really privileged because we've had that opportunity and pointing at that is not a, a bad thing at all, mm. um, because it it's not like we got here just because we were good at it. We also got here because we were in the right place at the right time and we had the right sort of people around the right us. supports. Yeah. yeah. And so I like it's it's unfair for us to look at people and say you're uneducated mm-hmm. uh, and that's just because of the way you are isn't it like um, oh, well that's that's the opposite of what everything we've been talking about here um over the last um nine episodes and this being the 10th that you know the whole point of the growth mindset and and is that you know that everybody has that possibility to learn and to to learn kind of all sorts of a spectacular things but that they have to have the access to it mm. and that education isn't it shouldn't be a privilege it should be a right it should be something that everybody has um, at all points in their lives Yeah absolutely education is not just something that you uh, do when you're in school you are dedicated to it full time when you're in school but yeah. of course you can dip in and out of it or you can maybe run it in a non-formal way in your life as a, as an adult but you're right also education is but it is a right right the UN mm. recognises it as such um, and we invest a, a lot in education in our societies but we might argue that we could invest more mm-hmm. um, it's perhaps one of the few areas in our budget that we invest in the f- where we invest in the future mm-hmm. um, because of the you know our, the potential of people coming behind us or the potential of ourselves to improve our lot um, 
I also think that education is essential for democracy because uh, we, in order for us to exercise all of our other rights, we must be aware of them mm-hmm. and we must be able to uh, to kind of contextualise them. Mm-hmm. So it isn't this kind of me versus everyone else situation, but it's, you know, it's always more complicated than you think. That's not a bad thing. We live in a complex world and education helps you to negotiate that. Um, if there's one thing that I hope people take from from these conversations, and it's certainly something that I'm taking from from our conversations, Shane, um, is the potential of 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 myself as a learner um, and others as learners that you know that there's so much that you can do um, that you, you know with a few kind of key bits of information you can tackle huge numbers of problems and and gain huge amounts of, of knowledge and skill. Um, and I'll be taking the kind of the the approaching things that frighten me and not, you know, kind of being aware that it's OK to, to fail as the as the thing that'll be kind of guiding what I'm doing and what I'm learning over the next year. Wouldn't that make an amazing series where we just follow Shane and Jane, like embrace their fears <laughs> and, you know, try to learn strategies to uh, not just cope with them, but be like, you know, super confident uh, with them. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm struck by the, the amazing tools that are out there for individuals to better empower themselves and mm-hmm. how that then can result in them um, empowering society. I, I jokingly recently said on Twitter, how does the swan in UCD where I work know if the lake is big enough for them to land on? Because like they need a certain length of water to land. And I was like, can swans do trigonometry? Mm-hmm. Uh, was my question on Twitter. And one of my students wrote back and said, yes, of course swans can do trigonometry. Hashtag growth mindset. And so <laughs> so just like like my student has, has said, I... I I want to embrace that more and I think like it's it's really emancipatory. Like Absolutely. You, you have this sense of I can do it. It may not come easy. It may be hard. I may not like parts of it, but ultimately I can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, as to whether I will do it or not, that's another question, right? Um, but you could do it. And mm-hmm. if you have the right people around you, then you're more likely to do it. If it's something that you fundamentally and intrinsically enjoy, you're more likely to do it. And if you're aware of how you're getting on as you're going through the journey, then the chances of you having a successful outcome are far, far better. And if everyone, as Ken Robinson has said, were to go to school or embrace life with this sense of I want to find the things that I'm really good at, Mm. how much happier would just like the entire society be? Absolutely. Yeah, we heard Diane there. She was so proud proud of herself after that one session, and I've heard that she's gone swimming. Again she has since yes, um, and that I'm sure bring, brings her a huge amount of happiness. So I would encourage uh, anybody listening to to go and find that thing that they want to learn that'll make them happy. Well, that's it from us. Thank you so much for listening. Yeah, um, and if you've enjoyed this episode, if you've heard all of them and, and you've enjoyed it, that's great. But if you haven't, um, you can go back and find the other episodes, the nine other episodes that we've put together. Um, we're 101 The Podcast on social media. We're also at 101thepodcast.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can find us at, on podcast apps, uh, anything, anywhere where you get your podcast by searching 101 The Ways We Learn. Yeah, you might tell other people about us. Uh, You might do us a little favour and rate us or rank us or assess us, as we might say in education, on those uh, podcast platforms. Uh, That would encourage other people to listen to us. And as you've heard from the last 10 episodes, Jane and I are very keen to, to talk to people about the power of education. And we hope that you would help us to spread that message as well. Yeah. And tell us what you're learning. 
Yeah, that's a really good idea. Um, <laughs> maybe tell us about things that you'd love to learn. Um, maybe you might connect them with some of the ideas that we've talked about in our podcast series and let us know how that's helped you as a learner. Um, thanks, Jane. It's been really fun um, learning about learning with you. Yeah, absolutely. Likewise. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been Shane Bergen and you've been... Jane Chadwick. And this has been 101. 101 is produced by Bureau and it's supported by Science Foundation Ireland. Hi, I'm Margie McCarthy. I'm the Head of Education and Public Engagement with Science Foundation Ireland. And we're really happy to support 101 because there's a science behind everything and there's a science behind learning as well. 